Hello and welcome to a special mini-series from Parliamentary Conversations in the Commonwealth, a podcast from the Commonwealth Parliamentary Association, better known as the CPA. I'm Tom Davis and on this mini-series we are marking World Parliament Day celebrated every year on the 30th of June. The idea behind World Parliament Day, which was established by the UN in 2018, is to recognise and review the relationship between Parliament and democracy. Now, that relationship, that intrinsic bond between a functioning and effective Parliament and a strong democracy, is a complex one. So what we want to do on this podcast series is to peel back the layers of what Parliaments do and consider quite a simple concept that lies at the heart of parliamentary democracy, and that is representation. A parliament should, in its most simple form, consist of a group of people chosen by the wider population to speak and make decisions on their behalf. They are, in theory, representative institutions. This idea is enshrined in the Collins Dictionary, which defines a member of parliament as a person who has been elected by the people in a particular area to represent them in a country's parliament. As you can see, what we're coming back to here is one verb which lies at the heart of this definition, to represent. A representative, again using the dictionary, is someone who speaks or does something on behalf of another person or group of people. So when we strip it back, this makes the job of a politician sound somewhat simple, collect the views of the people you represent and use them to dictate your actions and decisions in Parliament. The reality, though, is that the views of the wider public are not often defined, ordered or presented to politicians in a simple way. Their challenge is to constantly juggle the competing interests of different groups of people, all of whom want to talk to them, talk at them or even shout at them and obviously have a right to do so in a representative democracy. The pressure to make progress on or to be vocal about an issue comes from all corners. It comes from constituents. It comes from your political party, from the media, from the opposition, from beyond your own national borders and even perhaps from your own friends and family. To successfully fulfil your responsibility to represent, you have to keep up a constant balancing act as a politician. So, in this miniseries for World Parliament Day, We are travelling around the Commonwealth to dig deeper on this idea of representation by asking politicians exactly how they do this balancing. How do they prioritise? How do they manage to juggle the balls that the world of politics continually throws at them? We'll be delving into their processes for both listening to and filtering the daily demands on their attention by choosing what's important or what's urgent, by deciding how their time is best spent and what that means for how they operate on a day-to-day basis. For our first episode of the series, we spoke to the Right Honourable Nelly Muti, Speaker of the Parliament of Zambia. Speaker Muti a lawyer and former chair of the Anti-Corruption Commission of Zambia, was elected as Speaker in 2021. And she spoke about how the role of Speaker brings different pressures and priorities than other politicians. The need to think about fairness and gender equality when presiding over parliamentary business. And the key improvements she hopes to make to the Parliament of Zambia in her time in office. Right Honourable Muti, Madam Speaker, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. 
It's a great honour for you to join us today ahead of World Parliament Day on the 30th June when we'll be acknowledging the importance of parliaments as cornerstones of strong democracies and reflecting on the need for accountable representative uh, institutions. Now for this special podcast series, as you know, we're asking questions about how politicians prioritise, how they choose what's important, where they focus their time and energy, which is very much limited uh, in your busy schedule to drive change and what they do to strike a balance between the different roles and functions of a politician. Um, Now, we're very pleased to talk to you because as a Speaker of Parliament, you, of course, face quite different uh, priorities in many ways to other members. My first question, therefore, is do you see yourself as having a, a very separate job from other members in the in the National Assembly in the way that you have to manage a different set of priorities? Well, in, in terms of uh, work with the other members of parliament, I think basically it's the same. It's just that we have different roles. Whereas members of parliament, their job is to debate on the floor of the House as they, re- they represent their respective constituencies. The job of a speaker is to ensure that uh, debate is uh, done in a, 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 an acceptable manner while observing deco- decorum and uh, order in the House, maintaining discipline so that the debate is contact- conducted in an impartial and uh, just manner. Every member of parliament is given an opportunity to speak on the issues that uh, affect them. And as they speak, they are speaking on behalf of their various constituencies. So the roles are basically the same. And how do you manage that process of in- ensuring every member has equal opportunity to speak when it comes to managing debate in the chamber? What's your process for, on a day-to-day basis, ensuring as much fairness as is possible? Well, when it comes to balancing the various uh, speakers in the House. What is important is that uh, all members of parliament are given equal opportunity to debate. Of course, because of time limitations, not every member of parliament can speak on each and every issue. But what is important is to ensure that uh, we I, I choose uh, members from uh, the uh, political parties, because we have the main, main, main politi- opposition political party, we have the minority political party, we have the ruling party, and we have the independence. So I make sure that I call from those respective members, and also as we do that, I ensure that the women voice is also heard, because it's important to encourage women to debate in a free environment where they can be able to express their views without fear of being bullied by anyone. So that is uh, what we do to ensure that there is impartiality in terms of uh, the debate and everyone, every member is given an equal opportunity to debate. So as the first woman speaker of Zambia elected in September 2021, coming into the role, did you feel a specific responsibility to um, make that a focus of your tenure as speaker uh, in giving uh, women more of a voice in the parliament and increasing the number of women who are represented within parliament? Yes, uh, from the moment that I was uh, elected, I took the uh, issue of uh, making sure that women are given a voice, not only in the house, but even in the decision-making positions. They are given a voice to articulate issues. 
So that is one of my uh, uh, priority areas. We encourage women to come forth and uh, vie for these uh, political positions so that more uh, issues relating to the women are addressed. And also the policy direction is changed because what we have to do right now is we can encourage women to participate from all angles, but if the law has not been uh, amended, for example, the constitution to allow for proportional representation, whatever efforts we are going to make will not achieve the required results. But it's important for for the gender, uh, for the women folk to come up and uh, agitate for for the amendment of the constitution so that we can have proportional representation. Thereby, we ensure equal participation, at least we can reach the threshold of the SADIC protocol, which uh, talks about uh, 50% representation, at least 50%. Right now, in parliament, we are only 15% women participation. We are far, far below the even the 30% that was also articulated earlier on. So that is one of my areas of concentration, that we have more women perspective in, in politics and also in decision-making positions and that's uh, clearly a, a strong priority of yours and something that you have uh, been vocal on obviously coming into the role of speaker from outside of parliament in zambia uh, the speaker is elected from outside of the members unlike in other commonwealth countries you're then thrust into this role of neutrality as the speaker how did you adapt to that position of, of having to be neutral as the speaker, but still wanting to be vocal on issues like women's representation? Um, uh, basically, when I came in, first of all, as you know, I've been a lawyer for over four decades. It, has, it was never my intention. I never, ever dreamed that I would be holding a political office. But anyway, things happened. And here, Emma was le- elected the first female speaker. And uh, my uh, initial role was, uh, of my initial task was to ensure that I understand the functions and roles of a speaker. So what I did was, since this was a whole new area to me, I had to engage my predecessors, have a chat with them and see what were the practical issues on the ground in relation to the business of the house. I must say that those interactions were very fruitful. They helped, they helped me chat a way forward. And also being a lawyer, issues of procedure are not a challenge to me. So it was easy for me to look at the procedure and follow the procedures as stated in our standing orders. And you mentioned there about coming into the role of speaker as someone outside of parliament and, and having to get up to speed by speaking to predecessors. Another important part of that role and presumably that transition is working very closely with the administrative staff of parliament, the clerks and officials that support the running. Um, how important are building effective relationships with leaders in, in the administrative side of parliament? And how did that help you perhaps uh, in the transition into your role as speaker? Actually, I must say that um, because of uh, the responsibility, it's a lot of work that needs to be done and you need to balance in terms of time. There are so many competing uh, important uh, responsibilities that uh, the office of the speaker has to discharge. So if you have no uh, a supportive uh, deputies and a supportive staff, it's, it will be very difficult. And sometimes when you are sitting in the house, 
the clerks uh, at the table will have to to advise you on certain issues uh, in uh, real time. So sometimes uh, there can even be a mistake here and there, but what is important is the cohesion between the two parties, working together, consulting each other on a, cons a constant basis so that we are working in harmony with each other. And uh, whereby there's a conflict between certain responsibilities, if you have reliable uh, deputies like I have, I have uh, two very wonderful deputies who can come in when I'm held up with other responsibilities. And the clerks at the table, the members of staff, they've been very effective and very, uh, very useful in terms of coming uh, making sure that uh, advice is given in real time. So they need to be supported. They need to, be, uh, to build capacity so that we work in harmony with each other. That way, if we are working in harmony with each other, we collaborate each, with each other. There will be no challenges in terms of what needs to be done at what particular time. And one of the uh, priorities outside of managing the chamber, managing business on a day-to-day -day basis is, of course, the international work that you do. Zambia is an active member of the Commonwealth Parliamentary Association and, and many other international parliamentary organisations. What importance do you think parliamentary diplomacy holds? And if you had to explain to, to voters what benefits it can bring to the Parliament of Zambia by meeting people from elsewhere um, in the Commonwealth or worldwide, what would you say that the main benefits are? Oh, the main benefits of meeting other parliamentary officials through the international institutions like the CPA, the IPU, is that you have a common standing between common standing, common understanding on a number of issues. Uh, for example, if you look at the executive, they have also means and ways of interacting with other fellow executives. So even parliaments also in the similar manner should interact with other parliaments in order to have common understanding of issues, to have common strategies in order to confront issues like climate change, uh, issues of uh, of even maintaining peace and harmony and unity in the country and a lot of other factors so that we have a common ground from which to tackle issues from. And also we learn from each other because there's no country which is an island. There's no speaker who is, who is an island. For these common issues that affect us, we have to learn from each other that we have to consult each other and see what will be the common way to confront these challenges. And one way that other parliaments have been learning from Zambia in a recent example is you've developed uh, a, an app that can allow members to participate digitally in the proceedings of parliament. So that's just one example of something that Zambia has done that other parliaments are learning from. And it's one of many innovations that Zambia has pushed forward on. Going forward, in terms of the administration of Parliament, the way that Parliament operates on a day-to-day -day basis, what are your priorities for other reforms and innovations uh, in the next couple of years to push forward the Parliament of Zambia um, and improve constantly the way that it does operate? The issue of COVID at least uh, brought some creativity in, in us because we had to have a hybrid system of uh, sitting that was either visually or uh, or physically. But uh, I think uh, from every uh, challenge, you can develop some uh, some apps which can be 
views and I'm glad that other members of parliament are learning from this. And that's why I said earlier on that we need to interact in order to learn from each other. But in terms of priorities for me, I think I'm looking at three areas. One, I'm looking at being able to capacitate members of parliament and staff because of the issues that uh, uh, the effectiveness of the discharging the responsibilities of the National Assembly that is through legislative, representative and oversight functions is dependent on the capacity of members of staff. Because if you have no capacity in terms of what support, uh, support you are getting from members of staff, even the work of parliament will, be, will, will not be effective. The second issue that I'll be looking at as, um, as a priority is enhancing presence of constituents officers. As you may be aware, uh, the National Assembly has got 156 constituents officers in all the constituencies, and it's the most devolved of all the arms of government. So at that level, we have uh, a, a presence at that lowest level. So we want to take that as a nerve center for the functions of the work of the National Assembly, that we can start from that level and build up to the, to the highest office, which is the speaker. And that way the communities will realize and take benefit of ensuring that they interact with the, with the National Assembly through those constituencies up to the house or, or to the chamber when matters are being, are being debated. Then the other third priority is bringing parliament closer to people. As you may be aware, parliament uh, carries live debates on both television and radio. And it is uh, my desire that uh, we have a nationwide coverage so that we are able to reach out to the, all the people in Zambia so that we can also get feedback from them. Because one of their strat our strategies is that we should not only be able to articulate issues to the members of the public, but we should also be able to get feedback from the members of the public so that we can be able to streamline our debates and also ensure how effective in terms of monitoring, in terms of oversight that we are providing to the, to the executive, in terms of representation, that, so that we work with the, uh, with what, with the, um, with, with, the, with the aim of achieving effective uh, uh, representative uh, action and also the oversight role that we are providing to the government in terms of the executive. Madam Speaker, thank you. Those are three large and excellent priorities to, to move forward with. I, I wish you all the best uh, as you move to kind of increase the capacity of both staff and members and constituency offices. Um, I think that's been a really interesting insight into how the different roles of speakers are managed. So thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you very much also to CPA for the effort, for the support that we have received. And uh, we are encouraged. We really want to commit and work together with CPA to ensure that our role is uh, is realized and effective in terms of how we discharge our functions. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. That was Right Honourable Nelly Muti, Speaker of the National Assembly of Zambia, 
offering her reflections on the question of how she establishes clear priorities amongst the many demands on her time. Now, to find the rest of our World Parliament Day miniseries, and of course all our other podcast episodes, make sure to subscribe to the Parliamentary Conversations in the Commonwealth podcast feed. That's available on all major podcasting platforms and also on YouTube and via our website at www.cpahq.org. And on our website, you can find out much more about the work of the Commonwealth Parliamentary Association. Thank you for listening.